Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports. I'm Joe Favorito, along with my co-host, Tom Richardson. Tom? What's up, Joe? Happy to be doing this at a new location. Why don't you tell everybody where we are? We continue to roam about Upper Manhattan and Midtown, so today we are Wherever at... Wherever will take us. Exactly. Wherever we can find an empty room, which is really what we're doing right now. An empty choir room. Yeah. So we are at the Hashtag Sports Conference um, in the middle of... Towards the Inner the end, Sanctum. The Inner Sanctum in at the, the end of, of the June. Um, at the Times Center, the New York Times Center, in the building of the New York Times. An amazing three-day event. We've had Anthony Caponiti on, who talked about it a couple months ago, so you guys can look at that pod- or listen to that podcast as well. But today we're going to go, and Tom mentioned, we may have the youngest guest we've had on so far, although we're probably going to go younger at some point. Zach Wiener from Overtime Sports uh, is joining us, a Penn graduate, uh, has an interesting background and a company that is really growing with some pretty interesting investors. Zach, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Your, your your brand profile was pretty high yesterday and continues through this uh, three-day conference. Yeah, what was really nice about that is, you know, I have, I have mixed feelings on networking. It's, it's, it's obviously extremely important to being successful in life. We can life. assure you it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it does work. But Or somebody just writes you a big, giant check, and then you don't have to worry about networking. Yeah, usually you have so. to network to get the check. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, when I come to these conferences, there's always a little bit of trepidation. I think most introverts have a little bit of trepidation. But, you know, the fact that they were the keynote and they were the, 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 the headline, they were the first thing, it, you know, it made it much easier. All of a sudden people are approaching me, oh, I heard Dan right. and David speak. Well, it's a real validation that exactly. you were selected for that. It, yeah. it, it's a huge validation um, and it kind of already set up the context and, and made us, you know, a, as a startup, I think, you know, if someone sees NFL or NBA on, on your name tag, you're going to get approached. But as a startup, you normally have to do the approaching. Um, but I think we've developed some cachet where we've been able to flip the tables a bit, not not completely, of course. So we just take a quick step back. So Zach and I first met through Sports Quotient. Uh, it was two summers ago during the basketball tournament. Uh, I reached out to him and his partner, Robert, and they covered for another site that they, they were running and they still run called Sports Quotient, kind of the business of what went on at the basketball tournament in its second year. Uh, and then he said, hey, we've got this thing called Overtime that's starting. I'll keep you in the loop. And it's kind of blossomed into a pretty amazing business. So why don't you walk everybody through what Overtime Sports is, where it is now, and how you guys as Penn graduates got there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, well, well, Dan would not be happy call, you calling oh, him a Penn right. He's a Princeton graduate. Princeton graduate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but Jack um, is a Penn graduate. Yes, so. yes. Um, so a lot, a lot of Ivy League blood around here. Yeah. <laughs> not in our veins, but that's okay. So. <laughs> well, well yeah. professors there, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we the, the real kind of inception story actually has mostly to do with the market opportunity, I think. And that comes down to the demographic um, and where we see kind of the sports industry headed. Uh, I think if you look at most media companies, they struggle to hit Generation Z and, you know, that, that 14 to 22-year-old demographic. Um, and I think, you know, I've heard a lot of smart people talk at this conference and other conferences, but the bottom line is people don't really know where the sports media industry is headed. I don't think any one person knows. Um, so our theory was... Let's try to capture this demographic, um, and we're a company that has no legacy media a- assets. You know, we don't have linear, we don't even have OTT, we don't have anything. We, we can kind of be nimble, um, and we figure that the best way, um, and quite frankly, the most economic way to capture this audience was to show them themselves and their peers. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that obviously led us to high school sports. But and for, it's, it's all video. Yes, it's all video. Yeah, we want it to be video first, mobile first, digital first, all the kind of buzzwords that you hear but are true. Um, but for us, when we look at the high school space, 
we don't take it as literal, I think, as some of the traditional high school sports companies, you know, like a Max Preps or a Rivals. And I think that they have found their niche. But for us, we think that the audience of people that's super interested in the scores and the stats and the schedule and who beat who in high school sports is maybe not as large as just seeing really cool content and telling cool stories. Um, and I think that there's a market opportunity to do that. Um, and then to potentially one day turn that into, you know, really the next generation sports media company where um, we're also covering pro sports and college sports and everything, but in a way where we don't need rights and it's a little bit uh, different. So, Zach, you, you had this thought. You decided to take action. Tell us the steps you took to get where you are now. So, uh, you know, we had a, a pretty unique situation to start. So Dan and I met um, through a mutual friend. We actually later found out that his dad was my college advisor at Penn. Wow. Of course. That's the way it always works. It it's really crazy. Uh, I couldn't believe it. And my mom made the discovery. She was like, Porter, that sounds familiar. And I was like, Mom, there are a million people with the last name Porter. And then she looked it up, and sure enough, uh, they're, they're not, not just related, father and son. Um, but so we met, um, Dan at the time was the head of digital for WMEIMG, um, and, you know, WMEIMG had been trying to kind of solve some of these issues, um, and so he was allowed to kind of start his own company within WMEIMG, um, and that's when I came on to, to co-found Overtime with him, um, and so we were, you know, with, within that kind of larger umbrella organization for a little bit over a year. Um, and then once we started to get some traction, it was clear that we really needed to kind of spin it out um, to, to really kind of do our thing. So WME and IMG still retain a minority stake, um, but we were able to g gather some really great investors, including David Stern um, and Graycroft as our lead investor, um, which allow us to be flexible kind of in, in the decisions we want to make. So do you want to talk a little bit about scale and like how many videos, how has it kind of grown since you launched it? Uh, and then also you mentioned some, are there any other investors that you'd like to mention that, that are already involved? Yeah, for sure. I, our investors are always happy when we mention yeah. them. That's why we said I know, that. I know one, TAC VC. Yes, yes. I know, I was, I know Tim. Yes, yeah. Tim, Tim is awesome. Uh, honestly, all of our investors um, have been really helpful. Um, so, so TAC has been great, 645 Ventures, Correlation Ventures, uh, Chack Ventures. Um, I, I, in a way, it seems kind of hodgepodgey, but each of these investors is providing a really unique value. So before you answer Joe's question, let's just spend, if you don't mind, another minute sure. on the, in the investor side, because this is a fascinating thing to all entrepreneurs and all business people, which is you had a good idea, it sounded like a good idea, you scoped out the market, you obviously built a strong enough plan to attract a really good group of investors. What was the, the message in your pitch that, was, that resonated strong, that, that got people to uh, sign on the line, which is dotted, as they say in Glen Gary, Glen Ross? Yeah, um, I, I think that I would say the two biggest things that helped us, and, and you, you kind of even heard it at the beginning of this podcast, I talked about the market opportunity. I think that that's something that I didn't quite realize going into the process was such a, an important thing that investors looked for, um, you know, be, because I think that uh, it seems so macro, but the macro is important. Uh, and the other thing is, and this sounds cliche, but I've heard our investors say it to us, they, they do invest in people. Uh, and I think that the combination of Dan and I one of us being pretty young, one of us being pretty old and having some former successes. One um, millennial, one Gen Z. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, so yeah. old. So. Um, but I think that that, um, that, I think that uh, honestly, you know, those two things had a much bigger impact than I would have thought. Okay. Cool. So scale, talk a little bit about scale. Yeah, for sure. Um, so for us, the, the main metric that we're tracking uh, is video views, because ultimately, you know, I, I think long run, we'd love to people have people on owned and operated. It's the easiest way to monetize. 
Um, but I think in, in the short term, uh, you know, where we can get distribution, we're going to look for it, whether that's social, through partnerships. Um, and so right now we're doing about 50 million video views every single month. That's up basically up 10% every single month, wow. um, which we're really happy about. And I think that, you know, w what's nice about it is like, you know, you do hard work and you work on partnerships and, and you work on crafting your voice on social and you see results. Uh, you know, you know, in, in my previous business in, at, at Sports Potion, which I still run on the side, you know, I think one of the things that has been a, admittedly a little bit frustrating is sometimes you put in hard work and you don't see results, and that will happen. And it does happen at overtime too. Uh, but I think for the most part, we've been able to convert hard work into results, which is very rewarding. And where do the videos come from? The videos come from, I would say, a variety of sources. The, you know, the, the thesis behind it is we've created this app where any athlete in the world, any fan in the world can upload their own content. Um, and we do get a lot of great content from that. But what we've realized in, in kind of sourcing those videos is that some of the videos are more interesting than others. So why not uh, you know, kind of proactively make sure that we're getting more of the interesting videos? So we will go to elite events with elite high school athletes or partner with you know, a park that has a lot of amazing plays going on. Um, so that's a second way we get content. And then the third is through partners. There are a lot of uh, content holders in this space that I think um, are, are looking for distribution, and we've actually become a vehicle for them. Like who? Um, so, for instance, um, Monumental Sports is a good example. Um, we just signed a deal with them, and you know, so so they they live stream uh, a lot of high school basketball games, and that that's kind of their core purpose. Um, but they're not kind of this sort of highlight machine or distribution machine, at least yet, um, where we are. And so, for instance, what we'll do is we'll take their footage, their live game footage, and we'll run it through. Um, we have a system to kind of break out the highlights, and we'll distribute those, and we'll co-brand them with them. Eventually, maybe we'll you know do sponsorship, and they'll get a part of the revenue. So that's a good example of one. So Zach, what, what's a creator use case? So someone's, let's say, at a high school field, they take some interesting video, are they emailing it to you? Is it through the application? Are they, in other words, is your app actually acting as the creative um, a driver? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that our app does, I would say, a few key things that act as a use case or a motivator for people to upload their content. The first is we built some pretty cool capture technology. Um, and, and I think at a conference like this, we don't tend to talk about it too much because it doesn't sound macro. But from a technology perspective, it's really important. It, we, we call it flashback. Uh, and the idea is, you know, when you're at a sporting event, you no, don't know when that big of a moment is going to happen. So we built our camera, if you open up overtime, so that when you're recording, it's recording in the background. When something happens, you press a button, it goes back 15 seconds and it records it. Wow. So we, we consider it kind of like the ultimate camera for capturing sports. Um, and that's and, technology is within the application. Yes. So you're not going out to another, your camera app or... No, no, no. That's in the application. Um, you hold it up. You're, you're, so in a Snapchat kind of way where... Exactly. But I, I think what, what makes sports different, again, is you don't know when the moment's going to happen. If you're if you're if you're at a concert and you're on Snapchat, you don't really care if you get that exact lyric or whatever it is. Or and Snapchat, you're at the game. You're not like necessarily trying to get that amazing LeBron dunk. People are going to see that at Sports Center anyway. You're just trying to capture the moment. But with high school sports, people really want to get that amazing play. So this allows them to do it. And are they typically putting it on a tripod just to make sure? Because if you're saying it's running in the background. It, Which it, means it suggests that you don't want to spend two hours holding your phone up, right? It, it depends, yeah. I, I think that we see a lot of users holding it up. Some are putting it on a tripod. But people have their phone out most of the time well, these days true. anyway. Mm -hmm. or, um, or in the case of, let's say, football, where it's, you know, they're on the one-yard line, you know there's about to be a touchdown. Exactly, perhaps, so. exactly. Um, so so, so that, that's one use case. Another is we, we built a whole suite of editing tools. We kind of call it like Sports Center in your pocket. 
Um, so if I want to add instant replay, I want to add slow-mo. The idea is maybe I captured it on my normal phone, but hey, I want to add these tools. That's another reason to upload so you it can pull a, you can pull a video yep. from your camera uh, storage. Yes, camera. you can upload from your camera. Well, you know, we're, we're trying to give people a variety of reasons and ways to do it. And then I think the last thing is kind of the, this distribution engine. You know that if you upload your stuff to Overtime, there's a chance, you know, you might end up on USA Today. You might end up on Overtime's wow. Facebook page, which reaches 20 million people. So, you know, it's, it's a way of saying, okay, this is content that I think is valuable. On the Overtime app, it will get seen by some people, and increasingly so, but there's also kind of this whole layer on top of it. Right. So, so what's kind of the next step for you guys? How is the evolution? And is it just the traditional sports, or are you seeing stuff from field hockey and rugby and lacrosse as well? Um, so I would say that basketball, we're probably 75%, uh, and then our two biggest sports after that are football and lacrosse. I think that you know every sport is interesting to us. What's funny is when we when we raised our round, um, I, I, Dan Dan likes to talk. <laughs> Although when 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 we uh, when he was speaking with David Stern yesterday, of course David Stern likes yeah, to talk, so right. Dan didn't talk much. It was kind of a hierarchy. <laughs> Smart to man, awesome. um, not someone you want to share the stage with. <laughs> um, but but when when Dan and I were being interviewed for a Business Insider piece about our raise, uh, you know I, I said a few things, but one of the things that I said is you know. Because we got asked a similar question, was one day we want to, you know, we want the kids in India playing cricket uh, to be using that. And it's funny because that's the one line that made it into into the press release from me. So everyone thinks I'm a huge cricket fan. I don't really know anything about it. Um, but the goal, long term, you know, it, it's technology, so it can scale to anything. That's absolutely the goal. But we found, uh, you know, in in doing a lot of this, you do need some sort of critical mass of community for there to be that feedback loop, right? So if I am that cricket player in India and I upload something and there's no other cricket fans, we don't have an Instagram channel that's dedicated to, to cricket and all that stuff. There's not the feedback loop. Um, it'll kind of be more of a one-off thing. So we've taken uh, pains to make sure that we're really good kind of in each sport before we go on. And, but for now, it's focused mostly on high school. Athletics. Yes, yeah. But, I, mean, I mean, conceptually, you know where I'm going to go. It could be anything. Could work with, could be for anything. Could be college, you know, D three, D two athletics, that were, which which are underserved in terms of video. Absolutely. I mean, again, it does come back to that macro idea of what does this audience want to see, um, and what's rights free, right? right? So there's, you know, we'll, we'll go into the gym with high school athletes and do cool things. That's rights free content. But theoretically, we could bring in an NBA athlete and do that, and our audience would still love it, and it's still right free. So let's do it. Um, so it's it, and again, it, it's kind of what I spoke about earlier. We, we're not taking high school sports too literally. You know, it, it's it's the off the field stuff. It's anything that can tangentially relate. And Zach, is there kind of an expiration date on most of these videos? Best if consumed by, because it, it suggests some kind of timeliness with the key game, right? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think um, to some degree there is. I think for like our core audience, there is that are actually already high school sports fans. Uh, but I think for you know, we, we like to say that we're kind of expanding the audience for what high school sports can be. Right, like I'll have friends that all of a sudden are like, "Oh, I watch overtime videos," and they didn't think of themselves as high school sports fans. So I think it's how we present it. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes when we tell stories, the actual highlights that we're using from the social video we put together may have happened a couple months ago, but we're telling a new story. You know, we, we want to be doing something new or, or different in the marketplace. So once again, we're with Zach Weiner of Overtime Sports, and, and in the last couple minutes that we have you, Zach. Uh, you t we touched a little bit on your Penn education, but did anything with your Ivy League pedigree get you to where it is? Like, what did you major in, and did you have, were you involved in, in any kind of media business when you were at Penn? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I, I majored in economics, and I, and I minored in math. Um, 
I actually got my start in sports through radio. It's funny right. that, that we're doing a podcast segment. Uh, but the, a big breakthrough moment for me was um, we had this little dinky radio station at Penn. But the thing is, you hear college radio and you think big. And, and so I would invite these guests to come on and they'd say yes because they thought, you know, ton, tons of listeners would be there. And I only had three or four listeners, which were my parents back home. And all you told people were you were some radio station in Philadelphia. So they didn't even know. Right. Right. Um, but so my big breakthrough when I got Mike Tannenbaum to come on, who was a general manager of yeah. the Jets at the time, nice um, and he actually got his start in radio, which he told me on air, and I like got shivers. It was like one of those moments, um, you know. And at that point, you know, I was like, "This is cool. I, I actually think that I want to do this." Uh, and that's when I started Sports Quotient, which was a site that I started in college. Which and the, and the theory behind that site is there are all these kids in college that want to write about sports, want to have their take be seen and heard, um, let's create a place to do that. Um, but I think that the way that Penn helped me was that I, I think Penn is, is an extremely entrepreneurial place. Um, you know, it has somewhat to do because of Warden, but I think it's just the spirit there. Um, and, and I don't know if I would have taken that leap of faith if I hadn't been in that environment. So you were an economics major, so let's talk economics and overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, you must have had a good story to get all that investment capital. So what is the monetization plan? Yeah, well, it, are you pre-revenue now, or are you? Yes, we're we're pre-revenue now, but it's interesting because great euphemism. <laughs> it is. It, it it helps a lot. Doesn't work on Shark Tank. Right? <laughs> uh, it's funny because yeah, you watch you watch Shark Tank, and if people don't have a clear monetization plan, they're basically all out. I found that you know when we've talked to investors, uh, it's not all uniform like that. There are some investors where that's like the big question sitting at the end, and if you don't answer that well, or you don't have a good plan. Uh, that's kind of it. And there are some investors that are like, you know, this was a seed round of funding. Um, they, they believe more in the macro story and you'll figure out their revenue model. The media business is struggling as a whole. So is one company going to figure that out? Maybe not. Um, but, but, but to answer your question, um, I, I think that in the short term, there's, there are advertising and sponsorship opportunities. I think we're creating content and sourcing content and reaching people that brands are interested in. Um, you know, both endemic brands and non-endemic brands. So I think that that's kind of the play in the short to medium term. I think in the long term, I think if we can make this content interesting and compelling enough, we can start to do some longer form stuff surrounding it. Um, Who knows? And maybe we're part of an OTT bundle Mm -hmm. or whatever that may look like. Maybe there's a channel, you know, I I don't, you know, the the bundle doesn't want to pay ESPN all this money. There's a cheaper option in overtime. It's still stimulating content that Generation Z wants to watch. Right, or if if you're doing, you know, continue to do B2C stuff, which I assume will be a big part of the growth, Uh, go to other platforms, Apple TV and Roku and everything else that's in OTT. Absolutely. And uh, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's quite interesting. But right now, so just to be clear, there's no, there's no form of commercial integration, commercial advertising involved in the in the app right now. Correct. Um, You know, one, one, probably our first foray into that will be, we we just signed a partnership with SNY, uh, you know, the local RSN here. Um, and they're distributing our highlights on TV, which is really cool. Right. Um, and so, you know, with SNY, we're kind of putting together a package. This console will be aired on SNY, it'll be on their social channels, our social channels on the app. So you're starting to see kind of a, a good mix of assets that we can offer a brand. So SNY may sell some sponsorship against that that we'll share revenue on. So just one more quick follow-up on this point about monetization. Are, are you guys studying kind of the best practice of the market with the video? advertising units because it's a controversial area 
what what actually is working, what what counts as a view, should it be pre-roll, should it be autoplay, all these variables that are in the mix on video advertising. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would say we follow pretty closely. I would say if we were like a, a, another year into the company, we'd be following it even more closely right. because you know realistically the stuff is changing so fast right. that you know if, if I spent you know forty five minutes reading about it today, that knowledge may not even be relevant a month from now You're when right. we're monetizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say I have an awareness, but I wouldn't say that you know. We're, we're experts on it because right. it's not quite relevant just yet. So, Zach, in the last couple minutes we have you, we would like to ask everybody two questions. Where do you get your news and your information from? And then for younger people, even younger than yourself, who are now getting into the business, who listen to these podcasts, what advice do you give them? Uh, so, what do I read? Joe Favrito's uh, weekly yeah, email. That's another plug. I got to subscribe to that. No, ser- seriously, yeah. that that is, you know, basically it's like my catch-all. Like, I know that if I, I, I didn't miss anything. If you, if you go away for six days, you can always get the summary from Joe. Yeah. <laughs> right. Lucky me. My wife appreciates it. Um, so, so, I read that. I, I do read a lot of newsletters. I, I actually read, and this is not just a, a plug, I read hashtags yeah. uh, newsletter every single day. Sports Techie, Sports Business Daily. Um, you know, and I'm just a fan of sports content in general. Obviously, I read my own site, The Sports Quotient. I, re- I read The Ringer. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to follow particular authors. I love Zach Lowe. Um, so that's a little bit about my reading. Uh, in terms of advice that I would give young people, um, I would say start your own thing. You know, wh- wh- whether whether it's, you know, even if you have a full-time job and you're, you're the thing that you're starting on the side, you don't really have enough time for it or whatever, starting your own thing opens a ton of doors for you. People are always interested in peop- are, the people that are entrepreneurs and are doing their own thing. And maybe it won't be successful. Maybe it won't turn into a money-making venture, but it will open doors. It will teach you so much more than you can really imagine. Um, so that would be definitely be my one piece of advice. Creating your own voice, very important. Yes. Um, so, Zach, last, where, where can people find Overtime Sports on the web, and where can they follow you? Um, so they can find it on the web at itsovertime.com. Unfortunately, overtime.com is so expensive because lawyers practicing overtime law just need that domain name mm-hmm. for now. Um, they can follow us at Overtime. We're verified on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Me, personally, I keep a pretty low profile, um, so uh, I, w- I won't give my personal social Okay, notes. cool. Okay, not a problem. Well, that's great, Zach. We really appreciate the time. Uh, good luck with the growth of the business. That's Overtime Sports, everybody, and this has been Zach Wiener who's the co-founder and CEO? Uh, Dan's a CEO. I'm, okay. I'm, we're both co-founders. Okay, there. co-founder. So uh, thank you for joining us on the Cusp Show, Joe. Thank you for another good show. Maurice, thanks behind the scenes for good production work. Um, so everybody, we'll see you next time on the Columbia University Sports Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast. I'm Tom Richardson, and my host is Joe Fabrito. My production assistant this week is Columbia student Reese Eisenman. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple's podcast app, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other key platforms. You can also find it at blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Cusp Show. And you can get in touch with us on Twitter at CU underscore SPS underscore sports. Also, you can find out more about our program University Sports Management Program by going online at sps.columbia.edu forward slash sports hyphen management. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time.